as, uh, as we begin, just uh, introduction, uh, anybody remember the theme, or maybe even theme, of the class uh, last Sunday? Yes, Penny. Okay, concerning, concerning what? Yeah, all right. All right, so uh, uh, the word eschatology, made of two things the um, eschaton generally means last can be, can translate other things but last an ology of course is words so, uh, words about last uh, the last uh, last things uh, so the themes you worked through were things like the end of the world uh, well that was the title of it um, but the intermediate state uh, the resurrection of the dead final judgment heaven and hell uh, the second coming of Christ. Uh, they were some of the themes that, um, that we worked through. Um, I looked at the outline, and I noticed with only two exceptions, and not, nothing wrong with this, by the way, but um, I'm just um, highlighting. Uh, the outline, with only two exceptions, all the texts were from the New Testament. Um, and uh, again, nothing wrong with that. But uh, as, we, as we set off this morning, I... Um, I wondered about I wondered about thinking about the question: Can you produce the same outline with only Old Testament? So, in other words, can you preach the resurrection of the dead from the Old Testament? Could you turn up on a Easter weekend or something and have a song that preached or Joel, for instance? Think. Is it possible to have that outline with all the Old Testament texts? David? Yes. 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 Well, last, uh, last Easter, I preached from a psalm on Resurrection Sunday. The um, What about the intermediate state? This is where you get into yes and no, um, because um, it's, it's definitely there, but the light of the New Testament helps you understand the Old Testament better, pointing in the direction of things, things like Hades and um, you know, like Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you, right? And then um, you know, Job, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last, you know, that kind of, uh, those, so it's... Um, so it's there, but the light of the uh, New Testament helps you to understand more clearly. Somebody had a fantastic quote of, um, so like the, the Old Testament is like a dimly lit room, sumptuously furnished, but it's kind of you're groping around. But then the New Testament comes and the lights go on. Suddenly it was all there. Not, nothing new has been inserted in the room. It's all there. Mm -hmm. Just the light, the light has come from the testament. You understand more clearly what's, um, what's there. Um, so I, I think um, you can preach the resurrection uh, of the dead from the Old Testament, the day, the final judgment, heaven and hell for sure. What about the second coming of Christ? Is that in the Old Testament? Right? 
What else? Isaiah, exactly. Yes. All right. So, um, so I think it is possible to put together a list. I, I just start that way because I want you to see that it isn't just the New Testament that's interested in eschatology. Um, the Old Testament is also eschatological, and and, and that's my uh, that's my remit today. Uh, you see the title: All of Scripture is eschatology. Um, so my purpose today is to broaden our our focus a bit from um, so so in essence uh, when it when it comes strictly to that word eschatology last things words about the last things um, uh, Joshua exhausted the, um, um, the, the the in terms of the confession at least exhausted the limits of the conversation about about eschatology so we could be done now. But um, but when you open the Bible, uh, there's more to it than that. A lot more to it. Um, I look at the quote I gave you. Um, <clears throat> now, eschatology, simply understood, is the study of last things. But in the more profound sense, eschatology is really the study of all redemptive history, from Genesis 1 to the final conservation. The entire Bible is an eschatological symphony. God bringing to an end all his redemptive purposes. So it's the, the, the symphony image is, um, if you think about a, um, like a Beethoven symphony, he'll have a phrase, uh, the musical phrase that he uses, and then it's built on, right, until it gets to the big crescendo at the end when the theme kind of comes out and it's blasting, right? And, that, that, and, and, the, um, and, and that's the, so, so God is orchestrating eschatology coming to a uh, to to an end uh, to be a little bit more precise the old testament is concerned with looking forward to the end while the new testament is concerned with living in the end but we'll see why that that's important a little bit hopefully um so just just to be clear what do we mean then when in this quote here what do we mean by redemptive history what is redemptive history Or to make sure you're familiar with the phrase and we understand what it means. Right. All the way from the garden, all the way to the garden in the end, right? So, so it's moving to a telos, right? To a purpose, to an end. And he's working those things out. So, so what are God's redemptive purposes? Is there one redemptive purpose or two or or what, what is, what, what, yeah, John? All right. Right. Yes. And, um, and so it's the plan of moving that. So, so, so the story of the, so the story of the Bible is the story of Jesus and getting to Jesus and Jesus bringing it all to consummation in him. Right. Um. Does that make sense, everybody? All right. The redemptive purposes all has to do with everything associated with prophet, priest, and king. Um, so he's prefigured in the prophet, priest, and kings in the Old Testament, and then when he comes, he is the prophet, priest, and king, and he still is the prophet, priest, and king until um, until the end of all things. All right. So let, let's think about something. <clears throat> um, 
You notice there, I call it two ages. And uh, what, I, what I want you to see is this is how the Bible is structured according to these two ages. And I've given you a few verses. I can actually give you a whole ton of verses. Um, if ever you want them, I can give them, give them to you uh, individually or in a, in a class. But let, let's take the time to work through. So I want you to notice as we read through these verses, this, this two-age idea. Um, and then I'll explain what we mean by these. It, um, but when these verses talk about uh, the present age, and they talk about the age to come. So they're, they're the two ages. We'll see it recurring in the, in the verses. Each of the verses explain a little bit more about what what, it, what, it, what this two age idea means. And then um, and then I'll, I'll ask a few more questions. And then I have this other thing, uh, intrusion or intervention. Uh, as well, so let's get started, um, and uh, let, let's uh, let's assign uh, verses. Get some volunteers going. Um, somebody to volunteer to do Matthew twelve thirty two. Mark, great. Uh, Joanne, would you mind doing uh, Mark ten thirty? Uh, any uh, any other volunteer? Yes, Tim, would you do Luke twenty thirty four through thirty five? Another volunteer, John, would you do Ephesians one twenty one? Another. Another volunteer? Yeah, Lois, would Lois, would you do Matthew 13, 39, and 40? Another one? Yes, uh, Richard, would you do Matthew 28, 20? Another one? Yes, Allison, would you do 1 Corinthians 1, 20? Uh, other? Yes, would you do uh, Galatians 1, 4? Thank you. We saw another hand there. Yeah, then. would you do uh, Hebrews 6, verse 5? Okay, so let's go, let's work our way through these. It'd be good, uh, if you can, to turn to them, uh, because as I say, it's not only that the verse uses these two phrases, but um, it's what it says about them. So, first of all, Matthew 12, 32. All right, so unpardonable sin. Jesus um, um, talks about forgiveness relative to it, um, it not being extended in this age, and you have to ask what this age means, and at the age to come, right? All the age to come, okay? So not contrasted to one another, they're, they're set side by side. So in other words, they'll never, ever be. Okay, next verse, Mark 10, 30. Right, <clears throat> very good. So this one has uh, this: the rich young ruler. The context: the disciples. Um, uh, the guy goes wandering off. The disciples feel sorry for themselves, and Jesus encourages them with these with these words. Again, it's this idea of the age to come, eternal life. Okay, next verse: Luke twenty thirty four and thirty five. All right, thank you. So again, there's this um, idea of uh, that age and the resurrection from there, which is where resurrection dead occurs. That age, not in this age. Okay. So next, uh, Ephesians one twenty one. 
Okay, <clears throat> Matthew 13. Thank you. Um, where are we now? Uh, we're at Matthew 28, 20. All right. So the world there is just that word age. Um, that same word, and it's not, not inappropriate to translate it at all. Um, not just um, the word age is not just concentrated on time; it's also concentrated on spatial as well. Um, so um, Matthew twenty-eight twenty, uh, teaching them to observe all that I command you. Uh, I'm all, I, I, I'm with you always to the end of the age. All right. So then, First um, uh, Corinthians one twenty. Okay, so God has made foolish the wisdom of this age, right? That, that's, that's what the verse is saying. Galatians 1 4. Okay, then uh, lastly, Hebrews 6 5. All right, that's, uh, that's the scary passage, right? In Hebrews, it's uh, Hebrews 6, um, about um, uh, whether it teaches losing your salvation or, you know, or, or, or not. It's apostasy, it's the picture of apostasy, and um, the, uh, the verse that was just read for us is uh, somebody that's tasted something of the world to come in this world, right, but then apostatizes. Um, and it's not going to go well for them, right? That's what the verse is talking about. But you notice, so again, all these verses are either referring to this age or to the age to come, or both, right? But um, there are certain things that are relative to the age to come and uh, relative to the, to the present age. So let, let's um, let's get, um, <clears throat> so I know you've read those verses. It's, this is one of those things where you've, you've sort of read those verses and, and, and maybe not stop to ask, okay, so what is the present age? What is the age of coming? Right? You don't really, it's kind of one of those things you read over and then you just kind of, well, I guess I know already, right? And then you just keep reading and, and on you go. But, but every now, it's said so often in the Bible, Old and New Testament, that it must mean something. So let's just take the time to, to understand what it actually means. So what do you think is the present age? Now, right. How long does the present age last? Okay. So, so uh, looking forward to, to, till the next one, but when did it start? Okay. All right. So, so here, here's the quote. Um, 
uh, B there, what is the present age, it covers the entire flow of time, the whole of history, from its beginning at creation up to and including its consummation. It is the present world, originally good, Genesis 131, but now subsequent to the fall, marked fundamentally by sin, corruption, imperfection, and death. All right? What about the age to come? What is that? What do you think? All right. Okay. Um, so the age to come, in contrast, is the final world world order, the eschatological age of righteousness, incorruption, perfection, and life. It is coterminous. I don't know about you. That's not a word that I use. Okay, so I'll give you a little, uh, little uh, uh, thing in there. Where one ends, the other immediately begins, i.e. France is coterminous with Italy. Right? Um, <clears throat> so, so read the, it is coterminous with the coming kingdom of God and the new heavens and the new earth. So what's the division point of the um, present age and the age to come? All right, um, the coming of our Lord Jesus. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because this is where it gets a little. Um, uh, this way, yeah, it's interesting because this is where it gets interesting. All right, <laughs> um, because um, because the coming of the Lord's Messiah. Look at Matthew twenty-four with me. The Olivet Discourse, the beginning of it, and um, it says there, uh, verse 3, it says this, As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay. Why is that interesting? What do you think? Yeah? Right? Yep, definitely. What else? All right, that's it. Yes, all right, that's it. And um, the sign of your coming. And then also the fact that he's come already. Right? They're, talk they're talking to him. He's come. And the prospect is that there is going to it's going to come uh, again. That's what I mean by um, that's what I mean by it, it gets interesting because Old Testament prophet prophecy about the coming of Messiah has a dual, dual fulfillment, right? What do I mean by that, Joseph? Right, right. Well, actually, I'm referring to the dual fulfillment in the sense of Jesus coming. So the coming, the, the, no, the division point is the coming of the Messiah, right? But the dual fulfillment is the fact that he came twice. Or he will come twice. He, he come once, right? And, and, he, and he will come again. And, and that's when, that's for sure, when this present evil age is done and then age to come 
um, when, when that age to come um, will be inaugurated, it will begin. But but it, the, the thing we have to wrestle with is what um, what impact, if any, does the fact that it's a dual fulfillment have, that, 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 that Jesus came once already, right? That, what, what effect does that have? Yes, Joseph. happened already um but um the um and there are there are, there are various versions of the, uh, the other is that it's a spiritual return you know like more liberal christian days he's calm but he's coming we us being reborn every day jesus lives in us as we're reborn every day very fairy um in my opinion very um but um but that, so there's different ways in which Most definitely, right? Well, they, they were, yeah, but they, they were wrestling with all that even on to the moment when they when he actually parted, right? Because they were still saying, right? Well, that's what I mean. When he was stood there watching them ascend, they'd already just asked him, "Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now?" Right? And, and and you know, Jesus is going, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, they um, but yeah. So I mean, I. Um, that that split mind thing, uh, I, I do that frequently. <laughs> not, not about that subject, thankfully, but quite a few other. Um, all right, so so I'm 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 moving us somewhere, um, and uh, let, let's forget about these. Uh, we can talk about this some other time. This fullness of time. It's another phrase that's used frequently in the New Testament, and then Paul uses this. Um, uh, this is um, when he when he when he highlights. Uh, Moses and, and, and going through the water and, and then he says these things are written for you for your instruction 
because uh, the end of the age has come on you to the Corinthians, right? He says that phrase. And um, it, it, uh, so was, we don't have the time to do that. So let's, let's move on to this, because what I, what I want to do is, so, so we've got the coming of the Lord Jesus, is, is, this present evil age is going to end, and it, and it has to do with his second coming, right, uh, and, and the age to come. But, but we have to think about what impact does the fact that there's this dual fulfillment. He's come already, and he's done something, a very important thing. And um, this is where I get this idea of an, an intrusion, right? You know, an intrusion can be a welcome intrusion. It can be, a, you know, somebody, you're having a conversation with somebody, and it can be, a, you know, somebody butts in on your conversation, and it can be a welcome intrusion, or it can be an unwelcome one, right? Um, or, or an intervention. And um, I, I just highlight a couple of things, a couple of things here. In the Old Testament, there are these intrusions when God Himself. Uh, intrudes uh, in, in, into events that are that, that are happening in this present age. Now, the ones I've highlighted here, there are others like the exile um, and, and a couple of others too, where, um, where where God intervenes in both judgment and grace. Um, and what, I, what I'm arguing in in this in this that, that the um, these interventions are are, are are interventions of judgment and grace. Wrath and love, hell and heaven. That is, in other words, they're actually intrusions of the, the age that's to come into this present evil age. And, and, and they're meant to make you think, man, that's exactly what hell's going to be like. Or, 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 or man, that's a taste of what, what heaven's going to be like, right? And I've highlighted these, uh, like the flood, um, but it's interesting that, I mean, what do you think I mean by um, uh, judgment makes way for grace? Because that's exactly what happens in each of these instances. Judgment makes way for grace, right? So the flood is an act of judgment, hell on earth. Um, but but what is, you know, Noah, right? No, Noah isn't saved from the flood. He's actually saved by the waters of the flood, right? He's in a boat that God had provided for him, and he floats into a new world. On the waters of the flood, the judgment, actually on the waters of judgment, they're the means of his rescue, right? This boat. Um, and, um, and it's the same with Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, the whole thing with Lot, um, a strange fellow that he was. Uh, and then uh, the entering the promised land and, um, you know, that whole um, um, show them no mercy. Right? Again, that's a, that's, a, that's a unique event that isn't, you know, like we go off and do that to you know, anybody or you know, any other ethnic group. It's, um, you know, God sent them because why? And again, this is where the judgment makes way for grace. That mercifully, judgment's short. In each of these instances, relatively short, it's it's uh, it's hell, and we shouldn't diminish that at all. But it's uh, it's short. But the grace that follows from it, right, is long, right. So, so, so what is it? God God plants His people in, in 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 the promised land so that they would be a light to the world, and it lasts for for for, for decades, right, for hundreds. 
same, same with Noah, right? God starts afresh. Um, you know, Adam and Eve, right? And then he gives essentially the same promises to Noah um, in his covenant, right? To, to, to go off and, um, and and then the promise, seed time and harvest and so on. So, so it's judgment that leads to grace. The grace lasts a long time. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham, Lot, you know, so on and so on. Uh, these, I'm just giving you these as instances of these intrusions, these interventions by God, that the, the age to come being intruded into this present age. And God's telling us something by, by that. But then, but then, um, but then, let me let me ask you that if you've got the idea of what I've just what I've just highlighted, what is the event in all the Bible, uh, as well as the New Testament? What is the event in which we see God's judgment and grace most definitive? The cross. So, um, I would say the cross and the resurrection. All right. Um, so, so notice that, right? In what event do we see God's judgment and grace most definitively? We didn't jump to when Jesus comes back again. That's when we'll see it. Because we will see it then, right? But um, but we've already seen it. That's my point, right? We've already seen it. It's already been it's already been intruded into in, into this present evil age. And and it's a an intrusion. It's an intervention that changes everything forever. Do you know what I mean? It certainly changes you. Um, and, um, and um, you know, people from every tribe and nation have been affected by this. A, a new humanity has been created, right? That, that, um, so, um, so in what, what event did God intervene in such a way that the age to come changed the present age forever, and the answer. This would be my. It's not to not to diminish the cross at all, but uh, the cross enables the resurrection, the ascension, and the exaltation of our Lord Jesus Christ. In that, the age to come has already intervened in the present age, um, because it has. We have already become, we, we, we have already begun to taste the things of the age to come. See? I, I, what I'm trying to say to you is that very simply, you know, in terms of eschatology, we tend to think of it, well, that's all stuff that's going to happen in the future. But you're a bunch of people who are thoroughly eschatological. You're, you, you are a bunch of eschatology people, right? I mean, literally, I mean, let me let me flesh that out for you. What does what John three sixteen say? God so loved the world, gave His one and only Son. Right? Whoever believes in Him gets what? Right? Eternal life. What is that? Isn't that the life of the world to come? Do you have that already? How did you get that? The Lord Jesus, right? Because the world to come has already begun, the age to come has already started, and it's the resurrection that changes. Right? You see, here's, here's, here's the man who cannot die, but defeats death, and then gives life to all that trust him. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will not die, 
John. Yeah, the earnest is the Holy Spirit. So, so it's a it's a ministry in tandem of um, of Christ and the Spirit, right? The the the, um, the 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 great gift that Jesus purchases on the cross is the Spirit that He pours out on His church, so that Jesus uh, He He's spatially limited. Um, absolutely, yes. The Triune God will have that in full measure. Not 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 only the Son, but not only the Spirit, but the Father as well. In, measure in fellowship and communion with him. Um, some others, right? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Um, the, uh, the literal of it um, is 2 uh, uh, <clears throat> Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, ESV has, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the, the Present evil age has passed away, right? Behold, the new has come. So the literal is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. That's it. That's all it says. New creation. The old is gone. The the, 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 the new has, has, has come. Or, um, or, or, or Paul in um, Galatians 2.20 says this. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So how do I live life? How do I, how, how do I live the life I now live? Right? Paul says I'm dead. The present evil age is gone. Right? So, so the life he now lives, by faith in God, right? And, um, and, and again, it's a point at which it, that, that verse only makes sense if, if you're in union with the man, not just from heaven, but who resides in heaven, and that his life is working your life right now. Um, so, 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 so the king of the world that's yet to come lives in you. That, that, that's why Sai's sermon series is so important. Union with Christ, because that, that's because that's what makes you uh, such an eschatological being. That you are because you're in union with the Man of Heaven, um, and, and and the beauties of who He is. Again, you may say, "Well, Pastor, I don't feel like that, right? I don't feel like a Man of Heaven, right?" Sure, I don't either. I don't look it either, but it's true. And, and, and you know, our our outer self. Is wearing away, but the extraordinary thing is, I, I wish it was more. But my inner self, it, it, it's abounding, it's growing, right? And um, the, the last one I have is um, Ephesians two, Ephesians two, <clears throat> five and six. Um, so, so listen to these words. And I ask it is the question: What's your current address? Okay. But listen, for um, God be rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Now, that doesn't say, won't it be lovely one day when we will be sat next to Jesus? That will be lovely. And it will be true. But that isn't what that verse says. What's your current address? I'm sat next to Jesus. Um, and, and again, so, so how, how does that make sense? It makes sense because the age that is to come has been intruded. It's an intervention. It's come into this life now and into your life now. And um, and it has uh, it has impacts. So, so this 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 present life of the Christian is sharing in Christ's resurrection life. The life of the age to come has already begun. And, and what I'm trying to say to you is that that's a pathology. Not 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 the stuff that's ahead. Um, as important as that is, and as much as I'm looking forward to happening. Um, all of that is eschatology. So you open a Paul letter and start preaching it. We're holding an eschatology conference. I mean, we are. Because the age to come has, has, has inserted itself into this present age. All right. So maybe you have questions. Uh, maybe you have comments. I'd love to hear them. Maybe this is something that, okay, Pastor, I need to let this. I need to go sit in a dark room. And, and I think about this for a bit, all right? So, so that, that, that may be where you're, you're at. I'm totally fine with that. But um, any questions or comments? Joseph, go ahead. Yes. 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 Yes, so his, his dilemma, if that's the right phrase, his dilemma is, um, I want to depart. I, I, I want to be physically present, right? I want to be, not in, you know, my body's going to lie in a, in, in a grave or my lion or whatever. My body's going to do whatever my body is. But me, my soul, is going to be immediately in the presence of Christ. That's the intermediate thing. And he wanted that. So, so he wanted to be in, in the immediate presence of the Lord Jesus. Christ. So, so this age would be done for him, and he would be in the. It, 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 it. But, but nevertheless, he also understood because the age to come has been has invaded his life, it meant useful service for him in this present age, and he realized that the Philippians needed that. So did the Laodiceans; they needed that. So he said to them, "I want to do this." I want to go with Jesus. I want to see the age to come. I want to enjoy that age. But but right now, uh, needful service is, is put upon me. And so um, my, my sense is that when 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 Caesar does his offer is down, it's going to be up, and, and off I go again. All right. Does that make sense? Another yes, uh, Rebecca. Then Dave. Yes, good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. 
I mean, both are. But I think yeah, both both are. I think it's important. I, I, right. Right. And, But I, I think I think it's important though that God's ordinary way of doing it. I think this is Old Testament, New Testament. His ordinary way of doing it is is I think what you're referring to, right? That that um, but, uh, you know that I, I I love the Lord Jesus and I've grown up. David, I I haven't loved the Lord Jesus, right? And uh, there isn't a uh, so so God had to take a piece of two by four and whack me across the head to get my attention. I, I was in that category. So, so, um, okay. So I, um, and, and, um, and I think that's, 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 I would say that in terms of the script, that, that, that's, that's the abnormal, not normal. Um, and, and, and we tend to, wow, it would be great to have an experience like that, right? To, to, to get up in the morning, I'm not a Christian, go to bed that night and have a Christian. That just sounds like so much more certain, right? I mean, that's kind of, but um, but I think the ordinary way for God to, to bring us is just a, a little lamb, right? Growing up, you know. Other um, yeah, Dave. Sorry, and then and then Julia. Sorry. There is this thing called a prophetic future, which is um, it's an example of um, so it's so certain that it, it's like it's past. You know what I mean? It's that kind of that sense of it's like it's already done and done and dusted, right? It's that kind of um, so rather than a um, you know um, a prospect like you're a kid in a car, are we there yet? Right, or another three hours, and then you know like. Uh, are we there yet? You know that kind of. Um, are we are we there? And then, you know, eight 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 hours pass. So are we there yet? Thirty minutes. I can. Um, I guess that kind of be what you can feel like. But but the um, but the, the the prophetic future is this idea that it's, it's, it's done already. It's as good as done already. Uh, just, now, Julie. He's acting as prophet now. He's present by his word and spirit, right? And he reigns, he preaches, he, he priests in all those ways, right? He wasn't, he didn't do it in the past, and, and, and but he's doing it now. And and, um, <clears throat> and I think that when we preach the word, but we don't hear, you know, this, you hear, you hear him, then he's doing his work of prophet priest. 
king of us, right? And he's getting his due as we respond to it, right? I, I hear your word, Lord Jesus. I will obey, right? And out of delight, out of service. This is, this is what your word does in the life of life. All right, any other comments? Yes. It actually ties in with the sermon as well, the text rather, the 128. You know, the, the Lord Jesus is somebody, you know, he talks about um, uh, blessing yourself, blessing your family, blessing the church. And if you think about the Lord Jesus, the, the, what, what he did, right? No, no, nobody feared the Lord um, more than him, obeyed the Lord more than him, right? He perfectly Right? I'm, I'm not here to do my will, I'm here to do my Father in heaven. That all the time. Um, and, and it's that, it's that loving, reverent fear that he displays to, to the Father always. And he walked in his way, right? He, and not to do my will, but your will, done repeatedly. But then, but then you see the fruits of that as he blesses children, right? Family, family, humanity that he, that, that he makes through his resurrection. And then the church, right? The blessings that flow, right? Because of, but he's the primary example of the, of what it means to fear the Lord, to walk in his ways. But he's also the, the, the prime example of the, of the fruits that come from doing that as well. Um, yeah, so I think in Hebrews, it talks, um, in Hebrews, here I am and the children that you give me. Um, and, um, that, that, that's all Jesus. All right, let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, time together, uh, for the riches of your word. Uh, we pray that um, your word would dwell in us richly, that um, we would think of ourselves in the uh, gloriously exalted terms that you and your word uh, describe us. That we would build up our identity, not, not for our identity to be trashed by the things of the world, listening to those things here repeatedly day by day from media and social media and all, all these other things. Lord, um, build us up in what your word says about us and um, help us to live in the light of that this dark world, this present evil age that's passing away, that will be gone, would see the light of the life of Jesus. Um, Jesus.